Welcome to the podcast for Windsor Road Baptist Church. Prepare your heart to receive God's message. As Daryl said, we're continuing our series in the hard sayings of Jesus. Uh, Jesus said many things that make perfect sense. And you think about them and go, yeah, I can understand that. But then there's other bits you look at and go, I don't know what that means. Or Jesus, I wish you hadn't said that. Or I hope that nobody else who's not a Christian sees that and, and uh, asks what's, what's happening. Let's go back a slide, thanks. So uh, Ash introduced the series last week and she did a great job explaining the, the cultural things that are sometimes in play when Jesus says something and in English and in our culture causes us to cringe. But when you understand the culture in which Jesus was speaking, it makes a bit more sense. And uh, this idea of shameless audacity which sounds like not the sort of attitude you should have towards God, but Jesus encourages us to have shameless audacity when we approach God in prayer. Next week, we're going to look at the saying, do not swear an oath. Do not, uh, do not swear on a Bible when you go to court or, uh, or somewhere else. This week, we're looking at the sayings in Luke chapter 9, let the dead bury their own dead. It's not, uh, it's not clicking. So next slide, thanks, sir. So this is a, one of those really puzzling uh, parts of the, of the Bible where it seems as though if, like, you look at this and you say, if Jesus was a pastor, he'd have a very small church. You know, there's people come to him, these guys come to him, two, two out of the three in this story come to him and say, we want to be one of your followers, Jesus. And Jesus says, well, if you're going to be one of my followers, you've got to make yourself homeless uh, you've got to uh, disconnect yourself from your family. You've got to uh, you know, commit yourself to being the sort of a, a vagrant. It'd be like if, if somebody wanted to join this church and they said, they come up to Mark and said, I really want to go to a members meeting. But I, I really want to go to, I really enjoy members meetings. And, so, and Mark going, well, if you want to join this church, you've got to sell your home and become homeless. Uh, and uh, if you've got any family, you've got to go and cut yourself off from them. Uh, and, uh, and so leave all that behind. Are you willing to do that? Because if you're not, you're not good enough for this church. That's sort of what uh, Jesus sort of says to these guys when they, they come to him. So let's have a, have a look. Next slide, thanks. At what he actually says. So it's in, in Luke chapter 9 and uh, verses 57 to 62. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Excellent. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plough and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Now, we don't know if these incidents occurred back to back to back in Jesus' journey to Jerusalem, that's uh, in, in recorded in Luke, or whether Luke brings these separate stories together to, to make a point. Well, whatever it is, there's clearly, although there's slight differences between the three little conversations that are recorded there, they reflect a common theme. 
And it's hinted at by the word follow. And you'll see in all three of the, the encounters, it's about somebody wanting to follow Jesus and Jesus explaining to them that it was not as simple as just words and that there was things, there, were, there was a misunderstanding. They had a misunderstanding of what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. So let's look at the, the first one there. As they're walking along, the man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man, start referring to himself, has no place to lay his head. Now, this is a little bit puzzling because we know Jesus did have a home. Uh, he spent a lot of time, it seems, in Capernaum, in the home of Peter. Uh, and then later, he spent a lot of time at Bethany, in the home of, of Mary and Martha. And, and it's quite likely as a, as a travelling rabbi, he did have some nights perhaps where he slept under the stars, but, but he certainly wasn't alone in that. that uh, there, there was, in, in that world, you, you, you often didn't have somewhere to call home and you, you often did travel a lot. So what is, what is Jesus saying? What is the point that Jesus is making to this, to this man? And I think it's best if we understand that what Jesus is saying here is that you will feel homeless. That if you become a follower of Jesus, thing, you're going to experience dissonance. You're going to experience disconnection. You're going to experience unsettledness. You're going to feel like an alien in a strange land. If you've ever been a migrant or if you have visited even a foreign country, you have sometimes that sense, I, I just don't quite fit in here. And I think this is what Jesus is saying. You're not, you're, you're not going to have a home anymore. You're leaving your home, your world, and you're going to enter a slightly strange world when you become a disciple of Jesus. If you don't experience that dissonance, if you don't experience that disconnection, that feeling of unsettledness as a Christian, you're probably doing it wrong. Because we can expect, Jesus is warning us to hear, that we can expect that there will be times when we have to deal with that, talk to that difficult person. There's going to be times when we're going to give and we feel as though we've given too much. There are going to be times where we feel stretched in our ministry. There are going to be times when, when we, we, we feel out of place in our workplace. There are times when our worldview is going to be different to the worldview of everybody else. There's going to be times when we might even be disliked because we are a follower of Jesus. And for some of us, we might actually be called to actually leave our home physically and go to another part of the world. But every Christian will have that sense of dissonance, of slight disconnect from the world in which they once belonged now that they have become a follower of Jesus. Second man. He said to another man, follow me. So Jesus actually goes to this guy and says, follow me. And, and the guy seems quite reasonably says, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Seems slightly harsh, doesn't it? especially when we consider that one of the Ten Commandments is honour your mother and your father. To, to walk away and, and leave your father unburied would seem to be contrary to the, 
the Ten Commandments. And in fact, in Matthew chapter 15, Jesus has to run in with some of the religious leaders because they've instituted this practice of what they called korban, which was rather than saving money to look after their parents in old age, these guys were dedicating that money to the temple and claiming it back later. And they're sort of doing this sleight of hand, and Jesus condemns it and says, no, no, you have to take responsibility for caring for your parents. The law of the rabbi was that, in fact, it was dishonourable. It was dishonourable not to take responsibility for the burial of your parents. So what's going on here? Is Jesus telling this man to, to dishonour his parents? Well, there's something we, we miss if we skim over this, and that is the fact that this guy's father is still alive. Because if this guy's father was dead, he wouldn't be walking with Jesus along the road. And so what this guy is actually saying is not, I've got to go home and bury my dad, he just died. He's saying, I can't follow you, Jesus, because my dad's pretty old and he's going to die one day and I've got to wait until he dies so I can bury him. Then I can come and follow you. And so what the issue here is not caring for parents. The issue is putting conditions on discipleship. Putting conditions on discipleship. You see, as a disciple of Jesus, we are in a race against the clock. People die every day. That's the reality of the universe. Other people die and we will die. So we are time bound. We have to have a sense of urgency. We can't be conditional and say, oh God, I'll do that later. My, my particular journey has been that God has had called me to be a preacher and a pastor in my teens. Uh, but at that stage, I, I always said to God, oh, I want to have my career first. I'll become a preacher when I'm old. I used to think when I'm when I turn 40, okay, that's young. But anyway, at that stage, I thought, oh, when I'm older, when I turn 40, I will, I will follow that call to be, a, to be a preacher. But God pushed back and increasingly convinced me of the urgency and the idea that I couldn't be conditional about this. And he said, I'm calling you to be a preacher now. And, I, and, I, and it was a condition I had to overcome. But in, in our mission, in our work in, in terms of the kingdom of God, we, we tend to put conditions on it ourselves as well. Like we might say to ourselves, I'll do some missional hospitality when the kids get a bit older, when it's a little bit easier at home to, to organise things. So, so I'd love to get that neighbour in, I'd love to get that person, my workmate, over for, for lunch or dinner, but I'll wait until... This happens. Or we wait until we do the, the renovations. Or it might be that, that, that friend at work who, you, who asks you, on every Monday you go in and he asks, uh, what did you do on the weekend? And you've never quite got to the point of saying, I went to church. And, and you say to yourself, well, there's a condition. I'll, I'll, yes, God, okay, don't nag me. I'll, I'll tell him I go to church. Once we, our relationship gets a little bit deeper, once I, I know him, a, a little bit more. Or, or it might be God calling you to, to be generous and, and give to, uh, to mission somewhere around the world. And, and, and we sort of say, yes, God, I'd love to be able to do that. Now, I will do it one day, but just got to sort out our financial situation first. Just a couple of uh, loose ends uh, we need to tie up before we can do that. But Jesus says, let the dead bury their own dead. I'm calling you now 
to do this. Third man, still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plough and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Again, on the surface, it seems Jesus is being totally unreasonable. Why don't you just go home and I just want to go home and say goodbye to my dad and tell him where I'm going. But Jesus is, is using this opportunity to give us this important image of what it means to be a follower of Jesus and this image of operating a plough. And you've probably seen those pictures of you know, Australia's vast farms. And, and you can imagine that if a, a track, the guy's usually driving a tractor, dragging a plough behind it there, but if he, if he sort of dozed off, you know, just sort of running off and making crazy patterns on the, on the field. In, in ancient Palestine, being attention, being focused was far more important because there were big rocks everywhere. In, in just most fields were, were undulating and rocky. And if you took your eye off where you were ploughing, you'd you damage the plough and injure yourself and make an absolute mess of things. And so Jesus is using that image and saying, if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, you cannot look back. You cannot live with your head over your shoulder. However, those of you who have ever had youngster kids in the back seat of the car know what it is like to live with your head on your, over your shoulder you know, and, and trying to, you know, and hit your brother and, and, and while you're trying to drive. Uh, or worse still, there's that sound. Now I've got a granddaughter, I hear it again. That sound when the dummy drops out of the mouth and hits the floor, you know, that and you know what it is. It's immediately followed by a howling scream, you know. And, and then the skill of driving while reaching in by the back seat, knowing that the dummy is all covered in hair and dirt now, but uh, you, you've got to just get it and you've got to get it back in the mouth. Uh, now, if you've ever done that, which, come on, uh, you probably might say, well, that really didn't affect my driving, but it probably did uh, quite significantly. And the rule is still true. You cannot be focused in two directions, particularly when it becomes, when it's about being a follower of Jesus. We've got to have focus. We can't live lives of regret. And sometimes a disciple of Jesus spends their life looking back over their shoulder saying, look at the things I've given up. It might be there was a relationship that you had to give up in order to be a follower of Jesus. It might be a work opportunity that you had to pass over in order to be a follower of Jesus. It might be a, a career that you passed up. It might be an activity or a hobby that you gave up in order to be a follower of Jesus. And, 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 God, and, and Jesus loves that. And the last thing he wants is you to spend your life looking back over your shoulder. Not only is it dangerous, not only does it mean you're losing focus, it's a horrible way to live. It's a horrible way to live, to be constantly living in regret. And Jesus is saying, if you're going to be a disciple of me, for God's sake and for your own sake, leave it behind. Don't look back. Be focused on what I'm calling you to do. And so this rather awkward little passage, these three little conversations that may cause us to cringe, are actually communicating something very important to us about discipleship, about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. It means that you might feel discomfort. It means you have to have a sense of urgency. 
in your mission. And it means that you need to focus on what God has called you to and not spend your time looking back over your shoulder. Tim Keller has a very helpful analogy about what it means to decide to follow Jesus. He says it's like crossing a border. And if you decided you wanted to go into New South Wales, I don't know why you would, but but if you did, uh, you would have to travel about 100 kilometres to get to the border. But even if you travelled 100 kilometres or 200 kilometres or 300 kilometres, however far it it was to get to the border, if you do not cross the border, you remain in Queensland, no matter how far you've travelled. And in a way, the decision to follow Jesus is like that. It doesn't matter how far you've travelled. It doesn't matter how close to the line you are. It doesn't matter how long you've stood waiting to cross that line. Until you step across that line, you're still in this state that you are in. Being a disciple of Jesus, being a follower of Jesus, is a decision you make, not a journey you make. Certainly after you make the decision, the journey starts. But it's still a decision you make as you stand at the line. And that's because Jesus says, and, and you see in, this, in these three passages as well, twice he talks about being a disciple of Jesus means being part of the kingdom of God. Being a disciple of Jesus, being a follower of Jesus means you have entered the kingdom of God. Well, it works back the other way, if you like. When you enter the kingdom of God, you become a disciple of Jesus. And that means... You can't live in a different country and recognise the kingdom of God. You're either your own king or Jesus is king. As you, as you stand on one side of the line, you are still a king and you're still controlling things and you've got the ultimate yes and no. When you cross the line and become a disciple of Jesus and enter the kingdom of God, Jesus is God. And so it requires absolute commitment. Not saying absolute obedience. Absolute obedience is something we struggle with our whole lives. But the decision to cross the line, the decision to become a disciple of Jesus, to enter the kingdom of God, means we say, Jesus, you are Lord, and I'm going to do what you say rather than what I want to do. Keller uses another analogy to help explain this, this problem. So you might know the story of Frankenstein's and Frankenstein's monster. Uh, so Frankenstein was a doctor who collected all bits of dead bits of people and sewed them all together. Uh, and so he has this, this, this lump of dead stuff. Uh, and then he runs some electricity through it and all the dead bits come to life and the monster is created and lives. And sometimes we think Christ, be, being a disciple of Jesus can be a bit like that. That we can just take all of the, the, the dead stuff in our life, and there's all this dead stuff in our life before we become disciples of Jesus, and we can just sort of stay together, and we can just get this jolt from the Holy Spirit. And, and, and all of a sudden, the dead stuff comes to life. And Jesus in here is saying, you can't. That's not the way it works. To become a disciple of Jesus is a, is a new thing. You become a new being, not an old dead monstrosity that's had a jolt of electricity. You cross the line. You move from not being part of the kingdom of God into being part of the kingdom of God. So discipleship means discomfort. And it may be that God will call you to go somewhere, to actually leave your home. And we need to be open to that. 
But God calls all of us to live intentionally with the discomfort of being out of sync with the world, of having a different philosophy, of having a different worldview, of having different values, different priorities, that if it's working properly, will make us feel like we're an alien in a strange land. Being a disciple of Jesus calls us to have a sense of urgency. There's decisions that we don't put off. We say, if you're God, if you're calling me to do this, I will do it now, not in five years, in ten years, or when this happens or that happens or, or something else. And being a disciple of Jesus means that he calls us to have focus, to look forward to the tasks that he's called us to and not to spend our lives in regret, constantly looking back over our shoulders at what we gave up in order to be a disciple. Jesus says to those men on the road, if you want to be one of my followers... It's going to be discomfort. It's going to be urgency. There's going to be focus. And he says the same thing to us today. If you want to be one of my disciples, if you want to be part of the kingdom of God, weigh it up. There's, a, there's costs associated with it. But God would desperately love you to do that. Some of us have been in the kingdom for a while. Some of us have, have made that decision to be a follower of Jesus in the past. And this is a good reminder for us. This is what we signed up for. We probably realised all this stuff before, but in our comfort and complacency and lack of focus has crept into our lives. And as we pray together in a minute, as we sing a song together, it's an opportunity for us to reaffirm that commitment. Yeah, we have stepped across the line. We are in the kingdom of God. We're not in our own kingdom. And to re-get that urgency and re-get that, that sense of discomfort and regain that focus. But some of you are still on the line. You, you've travelled a long way, you've come a long way towards the border, but you're still in Queensland. You're still in your own kingdom. You haven't yet made that decision to cross over into the, into the kingdom of God. And the opportunity is to do that right now as well. To say, today, yep, I'm going to take the step. I've weighed it up. I know there's costs, but I know there's benefits as well. And the benefits outweigh the cost, believe me. But there are costs. The decision today is, I'm going to cross that line. I'm going to pay that price. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that through your life, death and resurrection, you have made a way for us to join your kingdom. That we can be forgiven of our sins when we repent and can be restored to full relationship with you. And Lord, some of us made the decision to, to become your disciples, to enter the kingdom of God many years ago. We were full of, full of conviction, full of enthusiasm and commitment. But, you know, life's got comfortable. The years have gone by. We've, we've settled for complacency and, and, and comfort and for unfocus. This morning we want to reaffirm that we are in your kingdom now and you call us to be focused. You call us to be urgent. You call us to live a life of discomfort because of our, our life beliefs and conduct. But there's some here this morning perhaps who, who haven't crossed that line, who are still standing on the boundary weighing up the price. Lord, we pray that you will help us to be bold this morning. It's a big step. It's a life-defining step. It's a life-changing step. But it's the right step. 
It's the why step. It's the life, that, the step that leads to life and flourishing and fullness. And so, Lord, give us the courage to step into your kingdom today. In Jesus' name we ask. Thanks for listening. We hope that you have been blessed by the message. Windsor Road Baptist Church is a growing intergenerational and international community of people committed to whole life discipleship. Please visit us at windsorroad.org.au to connect with us and to learn more about our church.